Senior Parent-Teacher Conference, where a 24-7 parent and full-time teacher discusses issues and concerns from both points of view in an attempt to bridge the gap for the sake of kids. So relax, grab a coffee or other comfort drink, and let's talk about it. Welcome to your parent-teacher conference. This is Coach Cullen, your host, and I know it's been a few weeks since my last episode, and I apologize for that. Actually, I want to thank people. Uh, Several people did reach out to me, and people that I didn't even know were active listeners, and I really appreciated that. Uh, It's been a rough couple of weeks just trying to get through life and school and family with just with the lack of sun and the lack of warmth. I really do have a tough time during the winter season. It's, you know, the thrill of the holidays are over, and now it's just dark and cold out. Just getting motivated to do things has been pretty rough. And I, again, if you are a regular listener and you enjoy the content I'm putting out and you've been missing it, I apologize, and I thank you for taking a listen again. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And what we try to do here is give you my perspective on mostly educational issues from both a parent's perspective, because I have two daughters, as well as a teacher's perspective, being a teacher for over 30 years, the last 25 in the middle school setting although I did teach high school before that. If you like what you're listening to and would like other people to get involved in the community here at the Parent-Teacher Conference, please feel free to share this link out with a friend, or you can tell them to go on Apple Podcast or Google Podcast and type in the Parent-Teacher Conference and they should see a person with a coffee mug covering his mug, and that's the one they would want to listen to. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or just want to welcome me back to the podcast world, please feel free to email me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. That's P as in parent, T as in teacher, C as in conference, podcast 411, all one word, ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Like I said, it really was a motivation issue, and just finding time to fit in a whole bunch of things and getting motivated to do that, it wasn't a lack of topics. Actually, I do have a lot of topics on my mind, some things that have been kind of been thinking through lately. Now, in terms of what other things I've been up to is in about a month, I will be presenting at the New Jersey Association of Middle Level Educators Conference, a 45-minute presentation on the use of games and why it's beneficial for the classroom. You know, I should probably do a couple podcasts on that. Uh, you know, some things I've been learning it, there is, you know, you'd be, you'd be surprised. I'll, I'm going to present a graph at that conference to show them the rate of loneliness among students students over the last 10 years, it skyrocketed. And you would think that with digital devices, that kids would be more connected than ever. And the graph even shows 
the level of loneliness of teens in schools. And I'll be sharing my thoughts on that. It's not just the digital, the use of digital um, technology, you know, smartphones. I also think it has to do with the lack of recess. I think both issues combined is really something that should be addressed in the school setting. Because although I do believe school's primary purpose is to educate our youth, I also realize that there needs to be a more holistic approach, that they're not just I guess like pitchers, to be filled with water of knowledge. They are more than that. They're young human beings and they need social interaction. And I, I do believe that we need to, as much as possible, have a holistic approach to how we educate in the public school setting. At the same time, I do believe there are limits to that holistic approach as well, because we're only a small part of that child's life. The bigger part would be their family, their parents. And again, that's really what we talk about here. The other thing is, this is my, I've just completed two full years with this podcast. I'm starting year three. That's crazy, right? Uh, and really, the last couple of weeks, which I think my last podcast, let me look that up. I don't even remember when I, la I put my la last podcast. Wow, it's been a month. It was January 16th where I put out The Perfect Classroom. Wow, it's been a month since my last podcast. I actually did an episode that I never published. And I it was good. It was on the, you, you know, there's a Democratic primary, the Republican primary, of course, everybody knows about that with Donald Trump and Nikki Haley. But there actually is somebody running in the Democratic primary against Joe Biden. His name is Dean Phillips, and he had a lot of interesting things to say. And I, I just didn't like the way it came out. Uh, there were a couple of things I, I wanted to change. And I'm going to rework that episode because I think it's worth a listen. Both from a political, I don't think from a political standpoint, it's just in general, some things I've been struggling with lately is our tendency in this country always just to get angry, always having a cause to fight. And I think Dean Phillips, um, and, and I'm not a Democrat, I've always been very honest in my podcast. I lean moderate to conservative. I am not somebody who voted for Donald Trump. If you're wondering about that, I'm very honest about that as well. So Mr. Phillips and I would see things politically differently, but I appreciate a lot of things he has to say, though. It, you know, it, it's a more moderating approach. I would say he was he's moderate to liberal, or moderate to conservative, and we're fine. You know, I'm I'm fine, and I think I've ever sat down with him. That's why I have to. Always, my wife always tells me that I, I act like the conversation happened, so I have to stop doing that. If I ever had the opportunity to sit down with Congressman Phillips, I think we would find a lot more areas of agreement than disagreement on, and I. I believe that's what's best for America, and I think that's what's best, the best way to approach our classrooms as well, because I, I believe this, this cause to fight, this crisis mentality in some classrooms, not in all classrooms, I think most classrooms don't, but you see this where we have to make little activists, uh, and I've talked about this in past podcasts, the idea of... Um, from Paulo Freire, who is as was a Marxist educational theorist from, I think Brazil, who was is pr promotes this idea that 
education is political and teachers have ran with that mantra and want to make little activists. There's a cause to fight all the time. There's a fight, fight, fight. And you don't always want to have that fight response. I think that just causes more anxiety and causes more depression. You, know, you have anxiety because you always feel there's a fight. And, you, and since a lot of these fights are things of human nature that, you know, there's always going to be disagreements. People aren't going to see things your way that you get depressed. You, you realize that it'll never be solved. It's unsolvable. It can get better, but not perfect. Perfection, perfection is incapable from beings, human beings who are finite with finite resources. I, you know, I wish more people realize that it doesn't mean that you give up and doesn't mean that you don't strive to be better but at the same time you know and again i've shared this before in the past my favorite quote is from one of my favorite quotes is from vince lombardi the idea that you you know we strive for perfection although we know we'll never achieve it but in our striving for perfection we'll find excellence and I think that's the attitude we need to go through a lot of things in life with. Yeah, I'm just rambling here for the first couple of minutes back. And I hope you're appreciating some nuggets there that I've shared. But the, the thing I want to talk about today, and, and I think it does kind of go into this, the Lombardi quote as well, is missing assignments. You know, students who are missing a lot of assignments. On Friday, during the pandemic, I used Fridays and this is during when we were all locked down and then my school did a hybrid learning model where I saw half my students part of the week and I saw the other, you know, so basically three days a week I would see half my students and two days I'd see the other half and then they would switch. So in two weeks, every kid got five days in the classroom, five days outside the classroom. And every Friday, what I did on Fridays, because kids were at home, there was a lot more things on the computer, Friday was a game day, where I created a review of what we were learning. They, there was a couple of really neat, if you're not a teacher, there was a couple of really neat online games. The, the first of the really good ones, the game called Kahoot, which really was your standard Jeopardy-type trivia game, where you got... Um, actually, you know what it was more like? It wasn't Jeopardy. If you ever went to a bar and you played Trivia Night and they gave you like a little box and on the TV screen, the trivia question would pop up and you have to answer it as quickly as possible. And the quicker you got the right answer, the more points you would get. That, that was Kahoot. And that's a, that, that's a great game. You know, you could put in your own questions, put out the answers. Kids loved it. But then there's been a couple other ones. There's Blukit, which gave you a more variety of games that you could play, like a racing game that every question you get right, you move along, along at racetrack. And then high school, a high school kid came up with a game called Gimkit, which, again, teachers can input their own games, but there was a wide variety of games they can play. Like the one they like right now is a knockoff on uh, like a Mario game. It's called Don't, I think it's called Don't Look Down. So as they qu answer questions, they get more energy. And then they have to move through this board, hopping and jumping, and they can't fall. They fall, they have to start again. And they're trying to get to the higher and higher levels as they 
move up as they jump the things in the air and there's like landing platforms and some of them are big, some are tiny. The kids have really been loving that lately. But there is a game like Among Us that they enjoy. If you've ever played Mafia as a kid where you passed out cards and one, two people are the hitmen and they have the hearts and everybody else has spades and you close your eyes and the two people would point to somebody to assassinate and then, the, then everybody would wake up like eyes open and you would have to guess who the, you say who died and then who the, um, you have to guess who the hitmen were. That, that came into this game called Among Us. That was very popular. Like I remember my students during lunch, we would eat lunch in school for a half hour at the end of the day. It was like a half day we had um, back during the pandemic. And after they were done with lunch, the kids would take out their phones and play Among Us. They were having a great time with that. Well, there's a game on Game called Trust No One, where they it's also a social interaction game like that, and the kids really enjoy that as well. So on Fridays, during the pandemic, we would play a game, and while they were playing, because a lot of these games I really didn't have to do much, especially the Gimkick games, they play on their own, and they're reviewing the material in a fun, engaging way, I would go through every student's assignments to make sure they were up to date. And if they weren't, I would send an email to them and their parents. And it's one of the things from the pandemic that I brought into non-pandemic teaching. So every Friday, it's Friday, right? A lot of kids are winding down. They know the weekend's coming up. So Fridays in my class are a review game, and then they have readings to do, or they have to watch a video. It's called Ed Puzzle. They watch a video. They answer questions based on the video that helps them learn the content of the class. And while they're all doing that, I'm in the back of the classroom going through each kid's grades, looking to see what they're missing, if anything, and then sending them a reminder email that they need to get it done, especially if it's late. What I do if they have a late assignment is they get a deduction of 10 points. And I know a lot of people get angry with me when I say that, but yes, um, they get a deduction because they didn't do it on time. They, they, the time was reasonable. It was not an arbitrary due date. I want it done because typically, not even typically, always, that assignment goes with much of the discussion that we're doing on the unit. I want them to make, do the reading. I want them to watch the video so they can participate in the class discussion. If they don't get it done in time, then they weren't prepared for that discussion, were they? So they lose a point out of 10 because all those assignments are graded on 10 points. I think that is fair. Some people would say to me that you know there's other ways to do it. Um, that doesn't prove they don't they know. Well, they did know. They know the due date, and they decided not to do it. Uh, I don't think it's unreasonable to deduct points for late work. I never have, and I never will. And then I just remind them: you have a week to do it from this point, and if you don't have it done by the end of this week, it will remain a zero. Why is it a zero? Because they didn't do it. Uh, and for those who say, well, they should have no due dates, that's really narcissistic. I have to be honest. I, I don't like that approach. What that says is that kid's time is valuable. They can choose when they do the assignment 
all the way to the end of the marking period, and Schlepp teacher has to do has to input all those grades at the very end. I actually tried that during the pandemic, during the third or the third marking period. It's the first couple of weeks. And I was posting readings and video, these Ed Puzzle videos. And I was just sending those emails out to, oh, you got to get this done. I was taking off no points, giving no zeros out. And you know what wound up happening? I needed to submit grades. And I was up for like 20 hours going through grading things because kids procrastinated until the very end. And I don't like the arguments, oh, you procrastinate sometimes. I do procrastinate. I do. I, I am. I've always told people that, I, I don't know what it is. I think it's the adrenaline of procrastination that when I know something is due, I buckle down and I get it done. My thoughts are clear. I'm focused and I get it done. But I get it done by the due date. That's the difference. When you say I'm a procrastinator, I do. I wait till the last second. And I get it done by the last second. But these kids aren't waiting till the last second. I, I, the due date was earlier. I gave them a due date. I just wasn't penalizing them for not getting it done. And who suffered? I did. And it wasn't just me who was suffering. My students who were getting it done were, were suffering because they weren't getting my very best on those days, on that, especially that last day, where I was spending all that those hours grading things that should have been graded weeks earlier uh, and I again this whole idea as I said earlier the holistic approach to teaching you are teaching students something by not being firm on things such as due dates you are teaching them that you're teaching them that nothing nobody else matters but them and that's a horrible lesson to be teaching children it's a horrible lesson to be teaching adults as well and it's not preparing them for life. And part of life are limits and expectations. And we as teachers need to give limits and expectations. And sometimes, yes, that will affect their grade. And that is the best source. That is what you are in control of. Now, some people would say, well, again, that whole idea of, but what doesn't, the grade doesn't reflect what they really know. Well, I think if you're honest with parents in the beginning of the year and you're honest with your students, there's no problem. I I'd, I'd say in the beginning of the year, here is my policy for late work. Here is my policy for grading. Here is what you'll be graded on. And yes, I do deduct points for late work and I do give zeros out if you don't do it. So I will send these emails out and I'll say, if you don't have it done by the end of the week, it will remain a zero. I learned that's what I started doing the fourth marking period when we were all locked down. And you know what started happening? I started getting a lot of my assignments in. Now, some kids lost points. And then there were kids who didn't do it. But those kids were a lot less than what I had in the third marking period where I was doing all that work because I wasn't holding to that due date. Now, were there kids who didn't do it at all? Yeah, there were. There were a few who str obviously struggled during the pandemic. I, ha I remember this one child that was really solid during the school year, getting things done, getting good grades, and all of a sudden 
disappeared, ghosted during the lockdowns. Now, does that mean I gave that student an F? No, it doesn't. You know, I, I don't like that attitude that some teachers who say, oh, you should have due dates, you shouldn't take points off. The attitude that some of these educators have towards educators like myself as if we're not gracious and we're not merciful, we're not understanding. That is such a straw man argument. That's not what we're talking about, the kids who can get it done. I don't think any of my students would say that I'm ungracious or unmerciful. I think if you talk to my students, you're like, no, Mr. Collins pretty understanding. You know, if we have a problem with something and we go to him and we talk it through, he'll, he'll listen and he will work with us. But I also think it's important for students to work with me as a teacher. And, you know, a lot of what I just said here is pretty negative. And I think that's one of the things I'm struggling with, too. I don't want to be so negative, especially on this podcast. And I hope you listen to the end because I do have a question for you. Um, if you're, especially if you're a listener for a long time or you're somebody who follows this podcast, I'm going to ask you your opinion on something. So please continue listening. But here is, it's very positive what I'm saying because, again, we're trying to help kids out here. We're trying to hold them accountable. We're trying to show them that, yes, there are limits that, and yes, you are affecting other people by not getting assignments due on time. That you know, it cuts into my time with my family. You know, and again, I'm not just giving these assignments out. Again, again, that's it. I a lot of times when I hear teachers complaining about other teachers who give a lot of assignments or um, due dates, my feeling is is personally is like they're thinking back to when they were a kid and thinking of that teacher in the worst possible way rather than thinking of the teacher in a positive way saying that teacher although you may disagree with their approach is doing what they think is best for their students and and it's the idea of having a more positive look on things you know how is do our due dates positive for the child because you're teaching them that other people's time matter as well. That's a very good lesson, especially when you're in the community of a classroom like that. That won't be the only community they're gonna be a part of when time limits matter. It's gonna happen on their job as well, whatever they choose to pursue. And when I did this on Friday, I had a lot of I sent out a lot for some reason, and maybe kids were just unmotivated like me. There were a lot of missing assignments in this unit. So a lot of emails got sent out to students and their parents to get some of this work done within a week or it remains a zero, although they already got their 10% reduction. And I know a lot of teachers complain about kids who aren't doing the work. And what I would like to say is just spin this a little bit and, and just say, you know, I started realizing how many parents reached out to me. How many parents said, thank you for giving us the heads up. We'll make sure that I'll make sure my child gets that work done, Mr. Cullen. It, it was nice. It, that's the partnership it's supposed to have. And I know there are other parents, and there were no, and no parent gave an excuse for their child. Every parent was like, yep, I'll make sure that gets done. I apologize, Mr. Cullen, for my child not getting that done. It was very positive. That's what you want between your 
you're the parent and the teacher, right? You want that great relationship where the teach. I think my, my email was very nice. I just said, you know, please get this done by then. And, you know, it, it wasn't harsh. The parents' responses were very complimentary. And I also realized, and I'll know this by next week when all the assignments have to get done, that even if a parent didn't email me, I know that most of those assignments are going to get done. Now, will every assignment get done? Is every parent going to help me out? No, that's not going to happen. I realize that, but who am I going to focus on? I think as teachers, that's what we have to start doing. Who are we focusing on? Why are we always focusing on maybe the parents who aren't helping us out? The parents who aren't holding their own child accountable. We focus on those parents because they're obviously the most frustrating, but I think for our own personal well-being, we need to start focusing on the many parents who are there to help us out, who are there who are like hoping and wishing that more teachers sent out emails when their kid is missing an assignment. I'm that, I'm that parent. I get frustrated when my child's, my kids, my own children's teachers don't let me know that they're missing assignments. I want to help. And I don't like the attitude of, well, they're growing up, especially like my daughter in high school too. Like, well, they're going to need to learn to advocate on their own. They're going to need to learn that they can't ha ha have mommy and daddy browbeat them to get their assignments done. But until that can get established that they can, why aren't you going to notify the parents? Let the parent handle that like they want to. You know, maybe I do say, okay, you know what? I'm going to see and wait. I'm going to wait and see if, if she does it on her own. But I, I, I don't want to say a teacher is lazy for not doing it, but in the day, it's not like we have to make phone calls anymore. You can just send out a simple email, and it can be done quickly. And I just don't understand why teachers don't. I, I, again, I think... A lot of parents want to be involved in their child's lives, especially when it comes to education. They want to know. They want to stay on top of it. Even if they don't help, even just to know. So that way, you know, you're in the clear. At the end of the marking period, if that child's grade suffers, you can go. Look at all these emails I sent you. You know, and, and even the idea that you can see grades online now at all times. I have parents who you know, they see their kid drop below a B who's going to email me and wonder why. Nothing wrong with that. They, they're just looking out for their kid. And we're, we're looking out for our students. We're in this together. And like I said, that's the one thing I learned this week was the idea that first it starts with me. And I think it has to extend to all of us who are teachers who are listening. We need to come at this in the positive sense. Think about the myriad of parents over the years who have been so supportive of you. Rather than being allowing yourself to be frustrated and dragged down by those who aren't. Because you're gonna, you're gonna realize that those parents are in the minority. That you are blessed with some great parents among your students. And if you're a parent listening who may be on that frustrating end, it, it does frustrate teachers. They, they want to help your kid. They, re they really do. But there's we only have so much tools in our toolbox to do that. 
You are the greatest shapers of your child's lives. How are you shaping them? I can only do so much in school. I can only deduct so many points. I can only speak to them so much. You have far more time with them than me. I have one year. You have 18. Shape your child wisely during those 18 years. Now, I'm going to wrap up the episode. It's going to be a little shorter one this time. Again, thank you for being patient with me. I know it's been a month. And here is what I've been thinking. You know, part of me during this month, I was thinking, do I shut this down? It's been two good years where I basically, up until this last month, I was producing an episode every week. In fact, even when I went on vacations, I was producing an episode, usually from my vacation spot. I would produce an episode. There was one time last year when we went to Disney over the Christmas break. I actually produced an episode from inside my car because it was early in the morning and I didn't want to wake my family up in the hotel room. So I produced the episode inside my car. That's how dedicated I was to getting it done every week. And I was wondering, well, you know, it's not that I don't have content to talk about, but maybe it's just done. So here is what I'd like you to do if you've been an active listener. Or if you work with me or you see me on a regular basis, you can just tell me. But here is, or or text me, because some of you are my friends. Should I wrap it up? Should I wrap up the parent-teacher conference and start fresh? And start a new podcast, which is something that's been in my mind. Maybe expand out of the educational realm. Because, you know, from time to time, and if if you're a new listener, you'll find this out. From time to time, I do have episodes that have really nothing to do with education. Um, Sometimes I talk about movies, baseball. But should I start a whole new podcast? The other thing is, as I'm doing this presentation on games at the end of the month, one thing I am going to do is create a YouTube channel so I can give some of the ideas from my presentation so they, you know, you only have 45 minutes and there's a lot I want to talk about. So I was thinking about making small little videos, give give the attendees access to those videos and start up a YouTube channel. Would that be a better way to go? Like keep the Parent Teacher Conference podcast going and then from time to time drop some videos on a YouTube channel. Tell me what you think. I really do appreciate your opinion. Remember, email me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. P is in parent, T is in teacher, C is in conference podcast, 411, all one word, ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Tell me what you think. And if you're, and if you're honest, say, you know, Kev, I, I one of the ruts, I, I think I was getting to a rut too about the podcasts. I, I was talking about a lot of the same topics over and over again. Maybe you're going to say to me, yo, coach, you're done. It was a great two-year run. Thank you so much for those two years. But I think maybe you do need a longer break before you start again. That's that's fair. If you think I should continue on like this and keep this podcast name and just continue on, just change things up, let me know that. If you think I should shut down this podcast and start another one in about a month, let me know that as well. I, I really would appreciate your opinions. ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Well, like I said, a little shorter episode. This is kind of, you know, than usual. I did want to get one out because I do appreciate people reaching out to me saying, where you been? Well, I've been here. You've been there. Thanks a lot for tuning in as always.
Thank you for joining me on the Parent Teacher Conference podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share this podcast with friends. They can be teachers, they can be parents, they can be someone who's just interested in education and parenting. If you have a comment, a question, or an idea for a future topic, please feel free to reach out to me at ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. ptcpodcast411 at gmail.com. Remember, a good teacher cares deeply for their students. But good parents love those students, their children, deeply.